It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Let's let's get right into it. There is a lot of stuff going on in the football world, and it's not just confined to college. I think there's right now even more going on in the NFL. Typically, we're more focused on college for obvious reasons, but it almost – this is the first time in a long time, Andy. I don't know how you feel about this, but it feels like there's a natural progression from college to the NFL because Ohio State isn't playing yet, so, therefore, I'm much, much more invested in how former Ohio State players are doing in the NFL. Do you feel the same way? Are you, are you more – find yourself more invested in the NFL than normal? Yeah, it's been kind of odd that way because normally I would say college football is by far my first love. Uh, and I really didn't start tracking NFL heavily as an adult. I mean, I watched a fair bit as a kid. Um, but really didn't start tracking NFL heavily as an adult until – I met and married the stunning Mrs. Vance. And as, a, yeah. as I've mentioned on the show before, she's a big fan of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so that's kind of what got me back in. And in the days that we were dating, uh, the venerable Dick LeBeau was still calling the defense uh, in Pittsburgh. And of course she had Cameron Hayward and Ryan Shazier then came along later, but she had several Buckeyes at that time who were, were involved with Pittsburgh. And so it was easy to kind of pick back up. Um, this season's kind of weird, you know, in that, um, I've watched a couple Steelers games, uh, watched a few other NFL games. It's been kind of wild uh, what people watching the NFL. In other words, I mean, watching people in our social circle and or the social media <laughs> circles I travel in following the NFL, specific as it is to the team in Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, who are apparently going to win the Super Bowl and or, um, I don't know, maybe open the seventh seal that actually ends our time on the spinning rock. It's hard to tell because they, you know, they're off to their best start in literally almost two decades, which it's is incredible. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, that's a really low bar to get over, right? Because it's, they're three and one. This isn't some kind of insane, amazing accomplishment. But what I find interesting is that you know, uh, rising tide raises all boats, right? And it, it's, yes. it's interesting. It's interesting. To, like, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Bengals fan. Bengals are one, two, and one, which, by the way, hilariously in their last game, which they did win, they, there were people in the stands holding up, like, one, two, one. And, like, this is their huge accomplishment. And, you know, each individual fan was holding up a section of the one, two, and one. And I'm like, well, what if they lose? Like, what First of all, why bother making all that? Second of all, what if they lose? You just like carry around giant three foot numbers. All? I don't yeah, know. Yes, yes, they do, Johnny. That's, you got to be well, prepared for any eventuality, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> My point is, though, with all of this, is that people in Ohio are so sorry for football success that a they'll act like a three and one record is literally like base. You know, well, we've got the division locked up; it's over. Like, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl, and then Bengals fans are just saying, "Okay, one win." Hey. It's one in the bank. That's that's we've equal. We've basically equaled what we expected for the entire season. We're totally fine with anything that happens after this. I mean, so, here's here's the thing I have to say about the your your Bengals though, and it's the and it's that second one. Like, why in the year of our <laughs> Lord two thousand and twenty, with the myriad technological advancements that we as a society have enjoyed in the past? Oh, I don't know. Let's say fifty years. Are we still having? a tie in professional football why is this still a thing and by the way it's not just the bungles who have a tie in their win-loss column i mean um uh, you know you you have the eagles now right two teams right because of this monstrosity of a game have this weird one 
in their record. And it's, it's strange and I don't like it. Uh, why are we still doing this, John? I like ties. I, I, I want to tell you something. I like ties and I like ties because they're a funny. I mean, it's hilarious that you have it. It'd be one thing if it were like water polo or even hockey, right? Where, or basketball, which I mean, basketball, obviously that would never happen, but a, a sport where a game can be played in a relatively brief period of time. And then you still end up with a tie. Fine. All right. Soccer, for example, 90 minutes in and out, you're done. If there's a tie, fine you can go another like 10 minutes but then we're calling it quits football they sit around and this is in the nfl so literally like four hours right of just slamming into each other like bashing heads together getting injuries all this other crap and then all of a sudden it just ends with a wet fart and a paper bag and i find that extremely funny on one level and on a second level as a Bengals fan I'm I'm cool with anything that's not a loss. So <laughs> I'm totally fine. People are like, oh man, I can't believe Ty. Oh, so like, no, 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 no. It's not a loss. It's not a win. But there are tears to this, and I'm totally okay with it. So I like if a tie isn't funny, uh, or if a tie isn't happening to my team, then it's funny. And if it is happening to my team, then it means they didn't lose, which the, in the case of the Bengals happens more often than not. So I'm fine with it. I, I have no problem with that. Um, they're, they're okay by me. But luckily, college football has, I think, a much more equitable and, frankly, better solution to overtime, which does not result in that. And uh, hopefully we can see Ohio State actually participate that in that soon. Look, the reason why I bring up the NFL, the reason why I come on to talk about it is – are there ever any rumblies in your tummy uh, when you see a head coaching position open up in the NFL as, as we see with the Texans and, and Bill O'Brien is, do you ever think Ryan day is just kind of, you know, licking his chops, rubbing his hands together? Like, yeah, let's go. I want to go to Houston. Like, do you ever think that pops in his head? Are you worried about that as a fan? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I am. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess on one level, but there's a part of me that says, you know, Ryan Ryan Day um, hasn't given me any indication that he's anything other than 100% full steam ahead, committed to winning a national title at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, with you know, with other college coaches who go to the NFL, like when they leave, you're kind of like, oh yeah, you know, and, and it just feels like that's a natural progression. I I think that to some extent, um, Ryan Day also because of his his relationship with Chip Kelly has seen the pros and cons of doing that right and that it can go horribly wrong so it's so it's not just the young hot hand coach seeing only the glasses half full rose-colored glasses oh thank god i don't have to recruit anymore Hmm. uh i can just go and do football like that's honestly the big cachet of uh the big draw to to me because you're making seven million dollars eight million dollars as a college football coach so it's not necessarily that, oh, I'm going to suddenly get generational money when I've been making minor ducats at a thankless job. You know, you're, yeah. you have tremendous resources at your disposal. But what's the downside? It's that you have to appease teens for a living, right? Like that's, that's the downside of that job, that you have to spend every waking minute that you're that's not the downside? Actively, oh, hey, I cannot <laughs> begin to imagine the hell that I, I mean, I've talked about this before. Like I, I, I don't follow recruiting that closely because it annoys me 
having to gin up some level of give a damn about the whims of teenagers mm-hmm. uh, because that's what they are, right? They're whims uh, in many cases. So to, to have to do that as part, now, if you pay me $70 million, I'll love that all day long. <laughs> you know, yeah. that could, that'd be my new favorite thing. Cause now you you know, I've got some skin in the game. Uh, but that, but that's, that's the reason that you say, okay, when these things come up, if you really hate recruiting, then yeah, you take the first ticket to an NFL, uh, coaching position. But if you don't hate it, right. If you don't hate it and you're in a great situation, you're, you're coaching I me. Mean, we're not talking about uh, PJ Fleck, where you're going to always be in also ran at a school like Minnesota, right? We're not talking about uh, Harbaugh, where you've never been able to get over the hump at your alma mater. We're not talking about. I mean, the, this is a situation where you are considered one of the three, four, five best in the business at what you're doing now, making real adult money doing it. One of the top, probably five paid guys. I don't know what the actual ranking is now, but top five or six paid guys in the business. Why, why do you need to go anywhere unless you just really want to get out of dealing with teens? But, but what are you trading that for though? Think about it this way. You're, then you're trading it for uh, having to appease the egos of, you know, millionaire 20 somethings, right? So you go from having to appease uh, teens who are young and dumb and full of all the energy of youth, but, but now you're trading it for having to appease the egos of 53 adult millionaires. So I, you know, it's trade-offs to me, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, the appeal, look, if you're in football, the, the appeal of winning a Super Bowl and being able to prove yourself as like, okay, I am the best at this in my particular profession. And this is the ring that proves that I, I think that's something. I think that's a thing. Counts. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, you can raise, you can raise the college football, you can, you, you know, you can get the, you can get the trophy and, and win the national championship, but that's always going to be seen, I think, maybe as a coach, as something somehow lesser than uh, winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, but who was the better um, coach, Vince Lombardi or Bear Bryant? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's 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 kind of stupid, I, and, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. Like, nobody's telling me that, like, okay, Kyle Shanahan or whoever else is, is better than Nick Saban or something like that. It, it's not – I mean, I, I get it. It's different skill set, different kind of game. And, yeah, because I put Nick Saban and Bill Belichick in the same tier of my yeah. dudes who are the best of all time to ever do it. Like, I, you know, I don't – there is not to me like, oh, Belichick and then Nick Saban, all Nick Saban. Right. No, it's, well, no. And, they're, and they're, it's different jobs, right? Yeah, it's I mean, different they, jobs, and I can appreciate them on their own merits. I mean, if you want to give a caveat that, yeah, Saban couldn't hack it at the NFL, like, oh, all right. You know, that's a, that's a conversation you can have. And at the same time, you, but I go back to Woody Hayes. Like, do I look at Woody Hayes? Like he was somehow not as incredible because he didn't win a Lombardi trope. No, no, of course not. He's one of the best to ever do it. Period. Period. End of story. Full stop. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is there's a lot of NFL coaches who would absolutely, I mean, I can't imagine Bill Belichick <laughs> dealing with, oh, you know, recruiting, you know, oh. Bill Belichick now anyway, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, I, right, right. I don't really see that at this point in his career going like, yeah, kids, this is, you got to go to Texas Tech. It's, it's I mean, imagine him trying to impress some mom, you know, out on the recruiting trail after dinner, like, well, ma'am, <laughs> well, then we're going to make sure that your child has a, has, has a great college experience. Well, and what's funny, the other they're, thing they're going like, to get a world-class education, ma'am. <laughs> and the other thing that's funny about that is like all the niceties that these coaches are expected to do when they go on recruiting visits. You know, you, you didn't take your shoes off when you went into my house. I can't believe 
that's I, I knew you weren't the coach for me. Bill Belichick shows up in like you know a cutoff hoodie and he's like, "Play for me or don't." I don't really give a crap. Like, yeah. Do whatever you want. Um, yeah, I, it's different skill sets. It, it means different things. Just because you're successful in one does not mean you're going to be successful in the other. Um, but yeah, but that's still the perception, right? Like, you still want that ring, and if, if sure. that's if that's your career is, is college is not college football coaching, just football coaching. I can see the desire. I can see the, um, you know, the want to go out to the NFL and try to apply your trade and, and win a Super Bowl ring. And look, I mean, it can ha- I mean, obviously Pete Carroll's an example of that. Um, and I mean, Bill O'Brien, despite the 0 4 start did pretty well for a period of time at uh, Houston. I mean, you look at, you know, Vrabel and, doing some things at uh, Tennessee. So I don't, you know, I get it. And if Ryan Day decided to leave, I wouldn't be upset, but I do agree with you. I don't see any indications of that right now. Well, well so let I me turn the question he's... back to you is, I mean, does that, does that worry you? Like, I know that there are members of the fan base, probably members uh, of our staff even, who, you know, get a little twitchy every time an NFL job comes yeah. open. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not in that camp, but, I mean, what what do you does that does that give you pause when you see Bob's been fired? Uh, oh, geez, is Coach thinking about is his agent on the phone? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know that every single opening that comes up, I'm like, oh no, like you know, Ryan Day is really going to want to go to like you know, I don't know, to Houston even for example. I don't think that's the case, but. Mm-hmm. If Ohio State's really successful and continues kicking ass and he develops, continues to develop a reputation as, you know, a quarterback whisperer, because that's the thing. It, the NFL is all about kind of finding talent for certain things. And they especially love coaches who know how to develop quarterbacks and ha- can foster those relationships. And, you know, every team wants the next Tom Brady. So if they feel that they can get a coach that can, do that for them they're going to look for that guy and if ryan day after Dwayne haskins and justin fields and you know whoever else and everybody's successful if, if after that you know ryan day develops that rep then yeah I, I think that's something that he's gonna have a lot of nfl teams come knocking on his door um that may require another season or two of success because there's you know there's tons of coaches that have been able to sustain previous coaches success for like you know a couple seasons and then they just fall off a map. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a legitimate concern because I, I don't think that Ryan day is a guy who is all in on the coaching game in college per se. I think he's just all in on the coaching game in general in football. Um, here's, so. here's the thing. I think if you're a guy and, and I agree, the lure will always be there for, for the guys who want to be seen as the best and having done it at the pinnacle of the sport. Like if, if you are, uh, you know, and enamored with the profession of coaching more so than you are being the head coach at Ohio State in specific, then sure, that lure will always be there. Actually, the, the, the part of me that always wonders is, is not so much Ryan Day. It's is, is uh, when is Urban Meyer taking that call? That's the one that I always find interesting. <laughs> you know, and I don't know how serious I think that is because I think he's actually pretty good at the media thing. And I don't uh, know why you wouldn't just ride that pony. Uh, as long as you could, because then you get to, you, you get kind of the benefits <laughs> of, you know, still staying connected to the sport and being a celebrity and all those kind of things without actually having your butt on the line for delivering wins and losses. But, but to illustrate, I, I feel like a lot of these young guys really have to think 
things through. The success rate is not great. Um, and and no. to illustrate this, here's a little an article I found. Um, just I was Googling trying to find like who who's made it. Like what's the example? And this is an article from uh, Fox Sports NFL. Uh, one of their NFL writers from 2016. And it was nine coaches who got it done in the college and the NFL, who got it done in college and the NFL. Okay. Nine coaches. Here's their list. Chip Kelly. Okay. Tom Coughlin. I couldn't have told you that Tom Coughlin ever coached. uh, Who did he coach for? I don't, I didn't know that either. Boston college three seasons. And here's what they say. So the heading here was got it done in college and NFL. What they cite as his highlight. Okay. So apparently he turned BC around. Um, They had a victory over top ranked Notre Dame in 93 that springboarded him back into the NFL. So in essence, his three years at BC were good enough to get him back into the NFL. Right. All right. So uh, Barry Switzer, one of just three head coaches in history to win championships in college and a Super Bowl in the NFL. He won three national titles during 16-year career at Oklahoma. So Switzer, to me, I mean, that's a legit, that's a legit story, right? You've won yeah, this yeah. Lombardi Trophy and college titles. Uh, then we come to Jim Harbaugh, who you may have heard of. Right. Now, at this stage, of course, they're talking about his experience um, uh, at Stanford and then going to the 49ers. Uh, Paul Brown is a little, little coach you might have heard of. Uh, uh, Don uh, Coriel, who spent 12 seasons coaching San Diego State before going to the NFL. I don't really know who that is, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Vermeil, uh, which, again, I was like, I yeah, forgot that he was a UCLA guy because you connect him so much more so with his NFL teams. Of course, Slippery Pete Carroll, Jimmy Johnson. So Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, Barry Switzer are the three guys on this list. And then they mentioned Bill Walsh, who spent two years as head coach at Stanford before going to the 49ers. So I'm like, okay, he got it done. And got it done meant he was good enough at Stanford for two years to get an NFL job. Right. Um, well, that's what I'm so, saying though, right? Like if, if, if you're good like, enough, this is the list, but this is the list, right? So what I'm saying is the, 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 the title was <laughs> nine guys who got it done both places. And, and really, <laughs> you know, like one of those was Chip Kelly who didn't really get it done both places. Uh, one of them was Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> you know, okay. was all right at Stanford and was so-so at the 49ers and, you know, we know what's going on at Michigan. Yeah. So I'm just saying like the track record isn't that great, right? Yeah, on that list, out of those nine, there are three guys that I would say, yeah, they really did a high level job at the college and, and the NFL level. And two of those guys were head coach of the Cowboys, right? right. So there you're talking about a legendary franchise that up until more recent memory was primed to pump out championships on a regular basis yeah and i don't i will say i don't know that that dissuades coaches too much like oh it doesn't like, no because i'm gonna be, be the, the dude yeah they'll be different right i'll be different i'll i'll make it work it'll be great i but you know ryan day's a young guy and there's obviously a lot more ahead of him in his uh coaching career and maybe he doesn't view himself at that point yet you know like there's there's a lot more that he might you know want to prove at the college level too so uh, a bunch of people who are not at the college level anymore are, are good friends in the NFL now. And by the way, I love when Terry McLaurin kicks ass because he is the nicest human being on the planet. And the reason why I say that is because we screwed up. I don't know if we, I think it was, I don't know if you were doing the dubcast at that point yet. Uh, but I screwed up an interview with him because uh, the recording just bonked out. And I may not have even forgot or remembered to hit record. I can't remember. 
However it happened, we had an interview with him, completely screwed it up. I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He said, let's just do it again. And we did it again. And it was great. And he, again, class act all the way. And hilariously, maybe not hilariously, I shouldn't say hilariously, because he's he, at this point he's clearly great. Um, he is the best player on the Washington football team. <laughs> like, I don't know that that's debatable. Dwayne Haskins has actually done a lot better than people might think. He's had a, he's had a, a better year than the record would indicate. Yeah. Um, but Terry McLaurin is leading that team right now. Terry I think that's great. I love he, that. He's fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's a guy you couldn't be any happier about. And I, you know, I'm not sure why people are. I mean, how many seasons has Haskins been, Haskins been in the NFL now? Just a second. I, I, I mean, we're not talking about like year six here. You know, right? Uh, how how many quarterbacks in the NFL would you say are you know like <laughs> really super elite? You know, yeah, like three. I mean, and, and the best part of the NFL is how many quarterbacks are just actually bad and, and yet yeah. still start, which is really great. Like, it's at least a third of them. And Dwayne Haskins is better than all of those. I mean, 32 so, 45 for 314 yards ain't a bad day. It's not. It really isn't. And he, you know, like, he's not getting a lot of help from the rest of his team. He doesn't have great protection a lot of the time. And, you know, I, I think he can. I think he can get to that point. It's just he's going to be a work in progress. Now, somebody who isn't a work in progress is Joe Burrow, and I know, I know, LSU fans, you know, would not love that Dan includes uh, Joe in our across the shield uh, piece. But you know what? He's I'm, I'm claiming him. He's an Ohio State. But also, by the way, a interviewee on the Eleven Dub Cast, which is hilarious. I feel like uh, I've heard that we had him before. on. We had him on when he was a recruit uh, before he even came to Ohio State, and I actually jokingly referred to him as the next Heisman winner from Ohio State. I keep waiting for you to be the winning lottery numbers or. Uh, no, I mean, no. I mean, your crystal ball is that good. Apparently, uh, only if I'm being sarcastic, though. Well, <laughs> uh, so, but Joe, look, Joe Burrow. I, I know you're a Steelers fan, but he has been from the first snap. Looks like a veteran. Every single pass he makes, every single decision that he makes. As a Bengals fan, I'm really stoked because when the team eventually finds an offensive line and and can you know figure so out. You th- how to I mean, so you them. think that's going to happen? not not soon <laughs> i mean i'm not i mean i mean i'm i'm not i'm just i'm just saying how how hopefully before he gets injured for a long time you know <laughs> yeah hopefully before he gets uh severely injured and if they can do that i think they'll have something going because he has got to have about the quickest release oh my god in the yes. game just to not lightning die. Quick. just do not die yeah lightning quick it is it's really fun to watch and yeah, he struggles with the long throws a little bit, but he's getting better. And honestly, his wide receivers but there, haven't but helped there him out. But there again, I mean, the, 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 he struggles with the long throws. Yeah, there were a few when you watch the film that it wasn't because the plays needed more time to develop. But but yeah. that's, that's all part of that calculus, right? If you right. if you have that clock ticking in the back of your head that you know you've got just about time enough to spit before you're going to have monsters in your face looking to rearrange, you know. <laughs> Uh, your anatomy there behind the line. Why you you know that just that screws with your screws yeah. with your whole your, your whole throwing mechanic somehow. First, it's crazy. First rookie quarterback in NFL history to throw for three hundred yards in three straight straight games. That's pretty crazy. He's wild. Um, 
yeah, he's he's great. And like I said, if the team can be built up around him, he's uh, you know that's a franchise quarterback, easy. It, great choice very much so yeah and and you know big i mean big football guy i love the uh i love the comment after the game when they asked him about getting the the game ball for his first one he said it was going back in the ball bag (laughs) that's great i don't believe that for a second but i'm glad that he said it yeah that's cute that's adorable um and really most important out of all of this is cameron johnston uh Six punts, over 50 yards per punt, three punts inside the 20. That's another three uh, animals in the Philadelphia area uh, who will be adopted um, without their feast. So congratulations to Cameron Johnson. Talk about guys that you just love to root for. Uh, That dude, you seen his workout regimen, by the way? That guy, like, I mean, he was obviously in pretty good shape. You know, your former, you know, Australian rules player, uh, but yeah, he he that dude could tackle a guy. I want to say like <laughs> to I, the I, core of the earth. I feel like his off-season job is like as a personal trainer though. So I felt yeah, like it he is. Was, yeah, it, I was like I I don't think I'm dreaming this. I think I follow him on Instagram and he was training at a gym in Grandview or Upper Arlington or something. I think so. So yeah, I think it's like D1 or something like that. But yeah, he's he's legit and genuinely one of the top three Ohio State players right now because yeah. everybody's hurt. So I mean. It sucks that, you know, Nick Bose is out and he's going to be out for the season. Hopefully Chase Young gets back sooner than later because he was obviously tearing it up. But, uh, yeah, so so there's some good news. There's some good stuff going on. Hopefully these guys like Mike Thomas and all them get a little bit, uh, you know, back in shape and they can see the field and we can grow about them on a weekly basis. But there's still a lot to enjoy and it's it's fun to watch. So I will say uh, also fun to watch in uh in football is (laughs) the big 12 just completely imploding and by the way everybody was saying here's the other thing everybody was saying oh the big 10 and pac 12 can't believe they're waiting so long why would anybody put them in the college football playoff they're not gonna play enough games to prove their work well here's the deal one entire conference is garbage and there's no point in putting their top squads right now like if you're looking at potential college football playoff teams none of them would be in it at this point because Texas looks like garbage. Oklahoma looks like garbage. I don't know who the best team in the Big 12 is, but I don't really care because they're not somebody that I think I would want to see in big-time college football bowl games at the end of the season. Yeah, so you got Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and K-State as your three undefeated teams in the Big 12 conference. You know, I'll I'll, I'll rep Silo Tech. It's, uh, you know, it's Kansas, Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, and, and I'm happy for Iowa State uh, because a lot of my, my work colleagues uh, in the ag space are, are Iowa State grads. So happy for them. It's very cool. Uh, but, man, they just put it on Boomer Sooner. Uh, Oklahoma, 0 oh, and 2. Texas, 1 and 1. Like, those are your two standard bearer programs in that conference, right? Mike yeah. Gundy's fighting mullets uh, aren't getting anybody all that excited about their playoff chances. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's yeah. But who are they playing against? Other Big Twelve teams? Like, I don't care. Like, it's not the, the conference doesn't play defense, regardless of how many incredibly expensive defensive coordinators they sign. You got um, one point. What is one point eight million dollars? Yeah, or something ridiculous almost two like million. That. I mean, there are there are teams that aren't paying their head football coach much more than that, right? Oh, Alex Grinch got the best uh, 
agent in the business, apparently. He does. And I, I, I hope that it's a really long contract, too, because when they fire him midseason, I, I want him to be able to just kind of coast. I mean, that's a serious question. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that this wasn't such a weird season in general, you know, you might say that's seriously a guy that you would think might be on the hot seat midseason. He might uh, still be in the hot seat. If they lose another, like if they, what, if they're like one and three or one and four, what are you, what are you going to do? Like you're just going to keep rolling with that? Who do they have next week? That's a good question. Check here what their schedule looks like. Uh, oh, versus Texas. <laughs> Fun times. So- yeah, and, and there you go. And that's look. I mean, Oklahoma also coming off a loss, right? So yes, uh, the TCU Horn Frogs beat them, beat them by two, right? In Arlington. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I don't know, man. The Big Twelve is a mess. They're a big hot mess, and I, I think it's very funny because they. And other, like the Big 12 is essentially the Big 10 without Ohio State and no defense. You know what I mean? Like there's no dominant team. There's no team that can like step up and say, okay, we're the leader of this conference. We're going to figure this out. We're great. Like Oklahoma looked poised to have that under Lincoln Riley and then completely just crapped the bed in the college football playoff. Just they, they're not a threat. I don't think anybody views the Big 12 as a threat. And I don't like it when there's like this um, narrative around college football conferences that people just keep reinforcing over and over and over again. But in this case, it's absolutely true. The big 12 does not play defense and it's, it's going to bite them in the ass every time. So I don't know, man, I, I want to see them turn around do something interesting, but to me, it's just not, I don't know. It feels like every game is the same in that conference. It, it really does. It, it feels like every team kind of is a clone of each other. They don't know how to play defense, and ultimately, if they had to play any team that can, and then maybe score a little, they're just they have no chance. I mean, so, you know who's really happy about the situation of the Big Twelve? The Oregon who? Ducks. That's who. Oh yeah, because, of course. Because every time Oklahoma and Texas crap the bed, you know, unless Oklahoma State just really looks legit and and runs the table. Uh, and are putting scores up like they did against Kansas, where it's 47 to 7, you know, where maybe they make you believe that they have some semblance of a defense. Right. That, I mean, that's it, right? Like, that's the chance is one of your, one of your undefeateds um, just looks, you know, like they pass the eye test. Uh, but as it is, you know, that's, I mean, Oklahoma's ranked 17th, Oregon currently ranked, what, 12th, I think, which, you know, I was thinking about this as I'm looking at the poll results uh, this week. And Ohio State's still number six in both the AP <laughs> and the sports Hilarious. director slash coaches poll. Uh, and two first place both votes in both. You know, at first when they when they said they were going to bring the Big Twelve and Pac-12 teams back into these polls, I thought, well, good, they should. And and now that I'm seeing it, it's super dumb. They yeah. they should have just left them all out until they started playing ball again because. Now you've kind of got Ohio State in here at this placeholder at number six. Um, you know, Miami's behind them at third uh, in seventh with at three and oh, uh, one of one of a handful of teams that have actually played three football games. Miami looks pretty good. Now, do I think that Ohio State is is not as good as Miami? LOL, no. But, you know, right now it just looks super dumb having Ohio State at six because we all think they're probably really one of the top three teams. Right. But you've got them at six because they haven't played any games. 
But then behind them, you've got a team in Miami who actually looks pretty good in the old eye test and is 3-0. and And so it just it's, it's, it's kind of dumb. Or you've got Oregon here who isn't going to play until after Election Day, and you've got them ranked at number 12. Yeah. But why, though? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, what's well, the rationale for that? Because either they're better than that or, or they're not. You know, it's like 12 doesn't feel like exactly the right place for Oregon either. No, the the, the whole – everything about ranking in general is stupid before, like, the middle of October, even in a normal season. But right now, it's especially stupid. And I love I love that Ohio State is still somehow getting first-place votes in all of these, like, on a weekly basis. Because that's why Ohio State's ahead of Miami, for example, because yeah. they're getting these two first-place votes. Right. And um, it's – it cracks me up because they've shown nothing. <laughs> now, again, Ohio State, personnel-wise, player-wise, they're going to be great. They're going to be, one of, the, like you said, one of the top three teams. Uh, but they've done nothing to warrant two first-place votes in each <laughs> of the polls, and consistently, like over the past three weeks. Um, to me, it just kind of shows what a farce polling is in general. And I would much sooner just have, like, let's say this is a normal football season. I would much rather – them not do any kind of polling until mid to late October. And even then I would only care about like one relevant college football playoff poll. Everything else is just who gives a crap. Yeah. Um, and I understand like part of it is to like, you want to be able to create uh, not momentum or inertia, but you want to create hype around games in the middle of the season or at the end of the season between two ostensibly fine teams that sounds a lot cooler if they're both in the top 25, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's, if it's between two teams, if it's between like, I don't know, Tennessee and like Texas A&M, I don't care if it's November, but if it's between Tennessee and Texas A&M and one's ranked like 12, and the other one's ranked 17, maybe I'll watch that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get why they do that and I understand it, but to do it at the beginning of the season and then try to pretend like there's some kind of weekly evaluation or, you know, ranking going on based on anything, but just conjecture. It's silly. And I think, (laughs) you know, including Ohio state and Penn state and other big 10 teams and, you know, the PAC 12 or whatever that it just kind of lays bare how silly the whole thing. And I I think we have to take this a step forward and, and be really honest about what's going to happen as this season comes to its ultimate conclusion, uh, I mean, the importance of brand names this season cannot be understated because you yeah. have no out-of-conference barometers, right? Like, you can't look and say, well, uh, yeah, Oklahoma State lost to Oklahoma, uh, but did you see what they did to USC in the non-conference schedule? Or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Like, there's no – frame of reference outside because we so we've already written off the big 12 in essence because they look horrible right uh and we're but we're also basing that to some extent off our kind of preconceived notions of who they are as a conference they don't play defense accurate they've not really done anything of note in the college football playoff uh which by the way has been used to dismiss the big 10 more than once Uh, absolutely you know and ohio state has played a role in that because of how it's crapped the bed uh, a time or two against its opponents, namely that that team from South Carolina that I hate with the fiery passion of ten thousand burning suns. So, you know, when you when you look at the Pac-12 coming in, I, I mean, I look at it and say, Oregon's really the only Pac-12 team that has a legit chance of earning a spot in. And, that's, and, and if you look at it, they're the only ones 
that are ranked in these things. So to some extent, these rankings are going to, even if the college football playoff ranking committee say they don't, they're going to play a role because it's, it's directing kind of the conversation, right? Yeah. We're looking at Notre Dame as a top five team. Why? Well, because the AP voters said they were. Right. And the other thing is, it's, as you said, name recognition is huge and it's going to, the teams that are currently ranked semi high right now are the ones that are going to suffer the most once yeah. all the other conferences because like Cincinnati, right? Ranked 11th. That's cute. I mean, <laughs> Cincinnati, you're, I love not making, Fickle. you're not making the playoffs. No. And I, I want, I want Cincinnati to be good. Honestly, yeah, as for much sure. as I, as much as I love them losing to Ohio state and I don't think their football team can ever be allowed to beat Ohio state because really people don't, people really don't understand how insufferable and awful they would be if they ever beat Ohio state. You really don't get it. Uh, but despite that, I, I wish them well in all their other games and I like, sure. Fickle. Yep. but it's, it's not going to matter because what's going to happen is, is like once Wisconsin starts playing, they're going to jump up eight spots. Once Oregon starts playing, they're immediately going to you know leapfrog Cincinnati, no matter what Cincinnati's doing. It doesn't matter. Same with BYU and other teams like that. If you're not one of the brand names and other teams aren't losing, then you're not going to be able to keep pace simply because of that. And in the absence, as you said, in the absence of out-of-conference games, they're just going to rely on teams that you know kind of fit their preconceived mold. So sorry, SMU. I, I, that's cool. You're 4-0. And you might have this inevitable gigantic late season clash against the Bearcats. It's not going to matter. No one's going to care. Well, and, um, and I mean, take this a step further. Like North Carolina is two and zero, and they're they're number eight. Uh, why are yeah, they number I, eight? Why are they number eight and not number five? They have the same exact record as Notre Dame in the same exact conference. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, it's because Notre Dame ha- is a football brand name and, and has a track record. North Carolina is only really cool since they they got uh, you know the 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 Grand Dondata as their <laughs> their OG football coach. I mean, yeah. you know, they've got that swag now. <laughs> Those powder blues uh, are are cool, but but they're behind Miami. Why are they behind Miami? Well, okay, Miami won an extra game. Uh, they're three and zero. North Carolina's two and zero. That's cool. That's cool. But Miami bigger brand. And oh, by the way, both of them are behind Ohio State because Ohio State. Yeah, and you you see where I'm going with this. It's just yeah, of course. You know, you're if you're not one of those top five or or six programs uh, this season, you're not going to be a Cinderella bracket buster type story. It's just not going to happen. And so this polling thing is even more farcical than normal, right? Because because of that. Yeah, in three weeks, when you know Ohio State football rolls around, they're they're going to be in pretty much the same spot. And as as these teams start coming in and, and playing games, it's the the polls will realign themselves to fit what you would pretty much already expect. There's not going to be a lot of surprises, I don't think. So, which is unfortunate because that's what's fun about college football are those surprises. And I would like to see maybe not Cincinnati because again, just awful. But <laughs> so the maybe, questions, the, the the questions I have, and and we'll see where you think this is going. Yeah. If we have how many weeks till Ohio State plays, plays plays real football? Roughly three. Yeah. So so nineteen days away. Two two more two more Saturdays, two more games that are going to be played for these teams. So you're going to be looking at uh, let's say a Miami that is five and zero, uh, you know, a Clemson that's five and zero, Alabama that's four and zero, whatever whatever it happens to be. Uh, Ohio State comes in and takes Nebraska to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe it's maybe it's sixty three to zero. Um, 
what does Ohio State do in those polls at that point as they oh, it stays won, the same, uh, but it stays the same, but they might actually get more first place votes, which is funny to me. <laughs> they're gonna like until they lose, they will their baseline is at least two first place votes. And I don't see them like I know these other teams will have, you know, five and oh records, four and oh records, whatever. Uh, some of the teams ahead of them are going to lose. Well, we know at least one's going to lose because they're going to play each other. They're going to play each other, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I just I don't see them moving because people. It's not so much that they have that much faith in Ohio State. I really just think it's that they have so much faith in their preconceived ideas about college football teams. If if well, North but, Carolina is, you know, is, is, is Ohio State suddenly going to be number two, number three? No, I don't. But I think they'll stick around the four, five, six range. Okay. I, I would. Like I think, as long as they don't lose, that's where their spots at, and it's because Ohio they, State's got that. They name. fall over the next two weeks as these teams get. I mean, it was it's kind of funny when they're you know two and O versus zero and O, and you're yeah. you know that's like oh okay, but when it's four and O or five and O, is that you know does Ohio State slide seven? It, it doesn't matter. Let's be maybe real, a couple but, spots, but, but I really don't. I, I doubt it. I really doubt it. Um, because it would require first of all, it would require all of these teams to kind of stay undefeated which again isn't possible yeah isn't, but you know, it's not it okay. would also require them to look really good while doing it and that's i don't see that happening either um i think you're gonna see some sloppiness and some garbage time you know like not not great football at a certain point just because that's football it's not that these teams are bad it's just that you know mm-hmm. they're not all going to have great games they're gonna look sloppy they're gonna look not awesome and ohio state which is this unknown but this assumed awesome unknown is going to be able to maintain that position. So I don't, I don't see them moving too much. Far. They might go down to eighth if something wild happens, but that, I don't see them slipping any further than that. And once they start playing games, and if they look good, second game's against Penn State, so that's a huge one. They win that game. They're right there in the top you know, three or four. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and that's the thing. You just, for Ohio State fans, it's great news. You just got to win, <laughs> and that's, that's really all you got to worry about. And I don't think it's the number of games you have to play. Mm-hmm. I just think you have to win those two huge games on your schedule that everybody is going to be looking at. And even if you look just okay in the rest, I think you're good to go. I, I think they'll get the benefit of the doubt. So it feels like we've what we said a number of times about the Buckeyes winning your end. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, you know, and that's all you can ask for in a season like this. So hopefully they get it done. Um, I'm not too worried about all the other stuff around the periphery, but it'll be fun to watch until Ohio state actually is able to set on the field. So that's, uh, that's kind of the first portion of our, our broadcast. We want to remind you that the 11 Dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11 warriors.com dry goods. 11 warriors.com shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. Let's do some ask us anything. Um, I've, we have been tormented. Uh, we have been tormented, uh, by, uh, two of our listeners, uh, for the past couple of weeks and they are coming clean. So St. Louis Wookiee and, uh, and chalk here are, uh, are coming clean. And I want to read the whole thing cause this is really great. So St. Louis Wookiee and I had our fun over the past couple of weeks. Oh, by the way, sorry, ask us anything, which you should be doing every week to dubcast at 11 warriors.com. Do you I got so excited over this that I neglected to tell you how to, you know, write in and also break our brains. Uh, so uh, this, is, uh, this is Chalk, and Chalk says, St. Louis Wookiee and I had our fun over the past couple of weeks, and we owe a short explanation for you and the audience. Uh, we're both longtime listeners and occasional Ask Us Anything questioners. We also met at Ohio State in Lincoln Tower 20 years ago and have awesome. been great friends ever since, despite living hundreds of miles apart 
often in different time zones, beginning the day we graduated college. That's awesome, by the way. Very cool. Congrats to both of you guys. Uh, we've stayed in touch, but had no idea. We both listened to your podcast until St. That's interesting. Until St. Louis Wookiee asked a question a couple months ago that I knew could only come from him. <laughs> now that's cool. That's actually really cool. That is a genuine friendship. That is. That's awesome. That's a genuine. And I actually, I don't think he elaborates on, uh, on what the, uh, on what the question was, but I, I want to know, I want to know what the question is. Uh, I wonder what the question is that, that he realized was from his buddy. That's interesting. Um, okay, so thus started the collaboration that we intended to stretch out until Big Ten football or basketball was back and provide a new angle to ask us today. That was excellent. That was uh, we sped up our timeline intentionally as we sent you'll have more exciting things to talk about with football coming back. Uh, that's Who knows? Uh, <laughs> short question after the long explanation. You mentioned that you respected a good con and hustle. That is absolutely true. Um, aside from ours, what is the best con slash hustle you've participated in or were subjected to? Uh, <laughs> well, wow. I'll tell you, as a high school teacher, I've been subjected to many cons and hustles, and I appreciate most of them. Um, but Andy, is there are there any are there any that you have experienced or been a part of that you were all about? I don't know that I've got any great stories about being conned or hustled. That's uh, that's good. You, of course, you made me think when you. Uh, mentioned being a high school teacher uh i don't know if other schools do this i assume they do but but there was a concept called a senior prank oh yes i don't remember if my class did one or what it was but there was always a story i think dad told this story um that in in our high school there which is no longer there there was the the new building and the old building and the new building had an elevator and the story was that um for for um Oh, no, sorry, the, the new building had an elevator. The old building didn't. The old building was just you know, steps. Uh, cows will go upstairs, but not down. And so right. the story was that the senior class took a cow up the stairs to the third floor of the building. And, and that was the senior prank because then how do you get the cow back down? Because the cows won't go down the stairs. And how did they get the cow down the stairs? You know, that's one of those stories that, you never heard doesn't have an ending <laughs> you never heard that's why it's probably probably apocryphal you know like yeah did, did it really yeah, left that sucker out and then it really happened yeah you got to take out the windows you know all those old school buildings had windows that were about 30 feet tall uh right. you know with the ginormous blinds that once you know if it got <laughs> the blind got out of hand and wrapped up you had to get it like a you know extension ladder to go get the string right the blind back down so that's what i always pictured was that they had to take out one of those ginormous windows and you know, basically crane the cow out, but I don't know that it ever actually happened, but dad loved to tell that story. Yeah, that's pretty legit. I will say, so as a teacher, one that I participated in that I really enjoyed was, um, so I was, you know, kids, kids, I think generally like having me as a teacher and I've, you know, I, I try to be pretty fair and even handed, but as a teacher, I'm like, I'm goofy, but I'm also pretty serious. You know what I mean? Like we got work to do, so let's get it done. And I'm, I'm very to the point and, you know, like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, um, I can also, you know, I can, I can mean mug. I can, I can put on the, the angry face sometimes. Nice. And there, there are some times where I've gotten really, really, really angry and I scare the absolute hell out of kids sometimes. And I don't like to get to that point, but sometimes it's a necessity. So anyway, um, there was a kid who was in a uh, prank war with another teacher, right? A student who was in a prank war with a teacher. Like she'd do something silly. 
um, the teacher would do something silly back. And he was like a big Browns fan. So uh, she would always, you know, dog on him whenever the Browns lost and all this other stuff. And it, it was, you know, it was just fun. They were just having, you know, just goofing around, just like, you know, being, having good, good camaraderie building stuff, nothing really mean or anything like that. And towards the end of the year, um, she said that she was going to like put soap on his car, you know, like all over the windows yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and um, the thing is like Andy, uh, who was the the teacher I was working with, um, is a big Transformers fan. So he's got like a Decepticon Ooh. sticker on the back of his car, like a, a, a one of those magnets. Yeah. And so Andy was like, I know she's trying to prepare. I know what she's trying to do. I know she's trying to get me. I know how she's going to try to get me. So Johnny, would you mind helping me out? And so he basically leaked that his car was the one with the Decepticon magnet on it and asked if I would put it on my car for a day so she could like mess up my car with soap and whatnot. And I was like, bet, let's go. So I did that. And she like just put soap all over my car and like she wrote and so like brown suck and whatever. And um so they called her down to the office and said like uh johnny's really upset with you and she was like oh crap johnny's upset with me that's not good <laughs> you know what johnny upset with you and uh, i told her i was like that's my car you just like I'm, and i'm like for like five minutes i'm like i can't believe you i i, I just did not think that was you and then andy busted and he was like you <laughs> and it was it was oh my god it was so funny it was one of the funniest things i've ever participated in. so that is probably my favorite con that i've done that's great um is the <laughs> that was the that was the ultimate prank uh that andy was able to pull off on her and and the war was over at that point. she was she was finished by the way chalk adds that st louis wookie uh, was able to choose first on the turtle question and he willingly chose Raphael, which is just inexcusable nice that's great uh, <laughs> um so this one's uh from t and um some interesting some interesting thoughts here he he said i had a comment after the latest episode because you called out the carmen san diego album i had the cd and wore it out i actually sing the indiana song whenever i hear a mention of the state in any context that is so amazing and i love the fact that there's another human being who a remembers that album and b actually remembers the songs in that uh there's a song that they have called you're everything to me and it's uh it was it's this silly little like love ballad that Rockefeller sings and it's it's also one that i got but indiana is a strong second place on that album that's a great song um uh, <laughs> I, I am so, now gonna have. I mean, I'm now gonna have to find this. So, oh, it's all in. It's all on YouTube. The entirety yeah, is on YouTube. Ten tracks. Uh, I, I love Rockapella anyway. So, I will tell this story since we're on Rockapella. All right. Um, so, when I was in college uh, at the Ohio State University, a, a fine school of higher education, uh, I started my first business. I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur at heart, and I was a mobile disc jockey, uh, and and bought beer and books basically by doing you know, backyard beer bashes and fraternity right. formals and uh, then eventually got into weddings. But, you know, in those days, you, so you moved to the dorm and that's the first time I'd ever had high speed internet. And of course I had, I had boatloads of CDs that I had ripped into. I, I always DJed from a laptop like this. I, my first laptop was this uh, Apple PowerBook G3 that I think <laughs> um, you could use to murder someone. It was so right. big and bulky and heavy. Um, and, and, but that was, this is before iTunes or anything of that ilk, but I had, 
I, I don't know if I got these from Napster or one of the other, um, you know, sharing services, just tracks and tracks of Rockapella doing like jingles and commercials. <laughs> like I had this one of Rockapella doing, I think the Maxwell house coffee song. I forgot about that. They did do that. Yeah. And I don't know why I had these, but yeah, I loved Rockapella. Why wouldn't you have it? I loved Rockapella that much. I guess I'm just a sucker for a four part harmony, but uh, yeah, they're fantastic. (laughs) Uh, 10 tracks on the Carmen San Diego album. And uh, I will now have to go and find them after, after the show. Also another Carmen San Diego thing is that you can watch almost every episode of where in the world is Carmen San Diego on YouTube as well. And it's okay. So the show itself is, is great. I mean, the whole thing is just fun as hell and it's starring a, the late, thing, late Lynn Thigpen. That's right. As the, chief. as the chief, incredible. And the whole thing, it's just, it's as much a, you know, a kid's like variety slash comedy show as it is a game show. And the whole thing is really great. And it's everything about it is funny, and it's really a piece of early '90s television that they just don't make shows like that anymore. And I wish they did. Um, But the thing about being able to watch all of these shows basically as quickly as you want, fast forward whatever part you want, you can watch that final, um, you know, the final challenge, right, where they have to go to a continent and then put the like the spinning you know buzzer whatever it is the the little tower thing on all the individual countries and whatnot mm-hmm. that first of all wildly imbalanced if you get africa or asia you're screwed the, yes. the continents are so freaking huge you have to run across these gigantic maps that were not scaled so that they were all the same size which may have been a good idea but they decided <laughs> not to do that and so you're like running across these gigantic continents trying to find countries and you know most kids struggle with a lot of places in Eastern Europe and Africa and Asia um, and kids never won those damn things. And it's hilarious watching some of these kids genuinely putting together the most athletic moment of their lives to win a trip to Idaho or like San Diego or like St. Louis, because it's always in the lower 48 states. Anywhere in the lower 48 states. And these kids pick places that are like, I want to go to Jacksonville. Why? (laughs) (laughs) This kid is just, this kid has just run 300 miles telling you where like Lesotho is. And he's like, oh man, I really want to check out like the, you know, I want to see the the uh, Knoxville World's Fair. I want to see the Sun Dome. Why? There's so many places you can go to. And even when these kids win, they pick the dumbest places to go. And it's incredible. I absolutely love that. Um, it's, I just, I, I really got to see what... In and out burgers, like I, I gotta go to, you know, I want to go to uh, Reno, Nevada. Let's go. Yes, Reno, uh, biggest little. That show, world. that show is is sick, and and that in combo with Wishbone was my that was my jam. Bill and I, the Science Guy, Wishbone, Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego. That's all I needed as a kid. That was that was it. Love it. People like Beekman's World, which I'm not gonna hate on Beekman's World. Great quality show, but it's Saturday show. It's it's not an everyday PBS show, and that's that puts it down you know the other show i want to go back and watch speaking of you know shows from our youth uh and this is because we've been watching uh, we we've been binging uh america's got talent which um you know is it my daughter gets a kick out of because you see everything right you have some pretty good singers then you'll have these novelty acts that 
Like the other day, it was a guy who was a sword swallower, or uh, you know, you'll see magicians, you'll see the various like uh, trapeze and and high wire type acts, and so it's it, you know, it reminds me in a sense of the variety shows of of yesteryear, um, yeah. but but much more schlocky. And yeah. so anyway, we're watching it, and Howie Mandel is one of the uh, judges on the show, and so. When, when we were kids, I don't know if you remember this one, but uh, Howie actually produced and voiced a cartoon series called Bobby's World. Oh, yeah. I know Bobby's World. I yeah. absolutely, it had, Bobby's World had one of the best intros to any kid's show ever because it's like him on his like, you know, little tricycle or whatever. Yeah, and he's going through all these crazy scenes. Yeah, Bobby's World was great. I need. Um, I, I, I told uh, the stunning Mrs. Vance and the little tyke that I was going to try to find that on streaming somewhere. And we'd go back and watch that because it was, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Bobby's world was good. Uh, I have no idea how it has aged, you know, cause that was well, yeah. 30 yeah. Uh, ran, ran, I uh, ran eight seasons. That's great. Eight years. I oh, wow. Well, I that's, that. Yeah. I didn't either from, from wow. September of uh, 90 to February of 98. Damn. Good for and Do you know, world. Hey, here's, here's some trivia for you. Do you know who composed the theme music? I don't. For that, that opening John Tesh. What? Okay. All right. John All right, Tesh. that's that's a star-studded. You got John Tesh on the on the keyboards. You got Howie Mandel with the voices. That's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Saturday morning cartoons. Uh. Eat the cat. I was a big Eat the Cat guy. But really, the whole. I mean, aside from like the superhero stuff, obviously Spider-Man, X-Men, those are great. But uh, I was a huge fan of both the Tick, which was yes. amazing. Spoon. Yes. The Tick. Chairface Chippendale. <laughs> um die flitter mouse die flitter mouse um Best. but my my heart really and truly belonged to sam and max freelance police which i think only had like maybe half a season or something and it's based off a point and click adventure game but uh sam and max freelance police absolutely my bar none my favorite i must admit i have never heard of that it stars a detective dog and a crazy rabbit and they go and have adventures and it's pretty great I what's not to love super manic um definitely for the uh you know sugary cereal after 8 30 a.m yeah the other one that we've been introducing to the little tyke uh via youtube is uh animaniacs oh yeah uh loved loved <laughs> loved animaniacs and it's we freakazoid actually... freakazoid is also good but sorry yeah same we, same same uh same family of well it's you know it's not so much that we have watched like episodes of the show but usually the musical numbers so for example um they they did one where uh the the bit was they were doing jeopardy in essence but i think they were at school they were doing like a quiz yeah. type bowl at school but it was set up like jeopardy and uh wacko gets the capitals of the 50 states like that, oh yeah he's it's got 50 to states do all yeah, and so, you know, da, 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 and it's just great. It's it, the writing to write some of those songs. Oh, it was always to some like piece of classical music too, right? Like it was a yeah. tune that you had heard. And so somebody's written lyrics to be able to sing the capitals of all 50 states to this song. And they also do, uh, they also do one for all the countries of the world, with yes. the Echo, yes. which is also very good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I appreciate T. Thank you for for allowing us to reminisce a little bit because that's that's fun on a bun, and I appreciate uh, comments and questions like that. So that's awesome. Um, so that's ask us anything. Thank you so much for writing in. Thank you so much for sending us these amazing things and planning out really hilarious stuff for us. We you know, God knows we need it. 
Um, so yeah, keep doing that. Keep sending those in. We'll keep talking about it. Keep answering them. Uh, and we'll keep anticipating Ohio state actually playing some damn football for once. So we'll be back next time. Uh, and until then I'm Johnny, I'm Andy, and we'll see you then.